Welcome to another episode of Bruh Finance. Man, it's getting funnier and funnier to say Bruh Finance every single time. <laughs> I'll tell you actually something funny. Kirk, uh, who promotes a lot of uh, this podcast to you know friends, but then kind of on Facebook and beyond that, when people run into him, they're like Bruh. <laughs> So just in case any Australians ever actually meet us, that's the proper way to greet one of us, is you just look at us and you say, Bleh. Anyways, anyways, bit of fun. So in this episode, I'm titling it, My Friend Billy. And Billy is just a, a fictitious name, but he's a real person. And I'm going to tell you kind of his story. And when I was kind of, I caught up with him and just by accident, I had run into him and he told me his story and it's around uh, employment and fair pay at work and all that kind of stuff and I, as I was listening you know I started kind of seeing a lot of issues in what Billy was talking about and it's kind of a really really common trap that happens in in your job and it kind of ties into personal finance and all that so I was like people really need to know this and it's it's a trap I've fallen into so that's what we're going to be talking about in this episode my friend and before we begin, full disclaimer, as always, please please seek professional guidance when making any financial decisions. We're just sharing this for entertainment, for education, for you guys to learn, but please seek professional guidance. Okay, so let's get into the episode and talk about my friend Billy. So I ran into him and let me kind of give you a bit of background as to who he is. So he is working in as an engineer. So he's a qualified engineer. He's been doing it for like, I think 10, 15, 20 years, you know, something like that. So he's like around between 40 and 50 years old. All right. And he was getting paid about $130,000 a year, Australian dollar. And what had happened in the last year is he went from like 130 down to like 120 or something like that or 110 and you know a lot of people will be like man that really sucks and you know if it happens to you yeah it really sucks you're annoyed but he was beyond annoyed he was like bitter and pissed off and he was like oh this company this this company that and like i go in in my mind i'm like okay that's that's fair response but now he's kind of fallen into this cycle where he's not going to get out of this with his current mindset. And part of it is mindset and part of it's just pure mathematics. Okay, so let's talk about kind of how this happened, right? Uh, maybe I'll start with the cycle. Here's here's the cycle in the job is we all feel, not all of us, but a lot of us feel, okay, maybe we're not getting paid enough for the work that we do. Okay, fair response. And what happens is, we, uh, the initial response or what I see people do a lot is they go to their manager and say, you know, for their one, <laughs> for that review once a year, say, I deserve more because of A, B, C, and D. And then if you get it, you're like, great, I'm happy, another $5,000 a year or something like that. And that sounds great when you realize, uh, right before you realize that inflation grows about that much every year. So if you go from $100,000 salary to $105,000 salary, it feels like, man, I've got a pay rise. But if everything costs 5% more, you didn't actually make any money at all. So that's one thing. The other thing is for such a small amount and the effort you put in, it doesn't seem proportional in terms of, well, you're putting all that effort in and all that, like, there's a lot of energy that goes into getting more money, you know, asking for more money at work, but you're only asking for five. 
There's other ways to make much more than that on your own outside of work, right? And the benefit of that is, well, the work doesn't control it. That's yours. You manage all that extra stuff. And that could come from either real estate, investing, starting your own business, whatever it might be. And it's kind of like dividing up where your effort goes. A lot of people put all their effort into their job. And what happens is if their job goes into turmoil, you know, they're let go or there's change or there's a pay drop, it affects them negatively. And here's what happens in the cycle. They start complaining, right? They get bitter. So when they're solving problems throughout the day, it's there, that negative attitude. Now, if you're a manager and you have an employee and they're negative, do you really think you're going to give them more work to do, more opportunities? You're going to introduce them to the right people? No. So this person who's complaining, right, assume is thinking, oh, that's what's what I have to do to make more money, gets less opportunities, right, gets le- noticed less and less is passed for opportunity. And I've seen this happen because I've had these discussions with managers and they say, oh, just don't give it to John over there. Don't bother because he's just going to cause headache for you, right? So you don't want to be that person. So now he's going through all this energy, all this negative energy, and he's bringing this stuff home with him. He's, you know, I spoke to him for like, I think within the first minute he was already complaining. Yeah. Why would I, if I'm his manager, give him more money? Why would I reward that kind of behavior? It doesn't work. Now, let's go into some more numbers. He used to make, let's say, $130,000 a year. Now he makes $115,000, for example, right? So I actually did the taxation, the, the, the tax calculations for this. So if he was getting, when he was getting paid $130,000, he was making around $7,100 a month. He dropped back down to $115,000. So now he's making $6,400 a month. So that's a difference of about $700 a month. That is no small amount. Agreed. And that's probably why he's pissed because that's groceries, that's petrol, that's stuff for his kids, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then I started thinking, okay, $700 a month. If you think about it, how hard would it be to work out, uh, how hard would it be to figure out how to make $700 on your own without the company? And there's a reason why you want to do this. So I can think of a number of ways. All right. So 700, let's do the calculations. All right. So 700 a month times 12 is about $8,400 a year. So let's round it off $8,000 a year. If he could work out, if I said to him, and I do this exercise with a lot of people, and I said, listen, what if you keep your current job position and I gave you $8,000 right now? How would you, how would you feel? Right. They're still upset. They still get bitter. And I'm like, but you got what you wanted. You got that extra 8,000. So it seems to you know, not just be about the money. But then I started saying, okay, what if we did this? Let's do a little thought experiment. Let's say guaranteed every year, I'm going to give you $50,000. And you don't have to do anything. You automatically get that. How do you think you'll perform at your job? Do you think you'll really care about that monthly review as much? Probably not. Do you really care what someone else is getting paid that they get a little bit more? No. When you have money on the side or income on the side or investments that are making you money, from personal experience, you care. You, there is almost zero care factor for performance reviews or extra money at work because when you become an investor, you understand that whatever money they're paying at work is peanuts compared to what you can make as an investor. Here's an example. So just rem- just hold that $8,000 extra in your mind, okay? The US total stock market index fund grows at about, let's say, 10%. Do 
just for argument's sake. So if you had $100,000 in that fund right now, and in one year, it will be worth $110,000. So that $8,000 is already covered just by your investment alone. So why are you worrying about that extra 8000 But then you're going to say to me, well, Jed, not everyone has $100,000 sitting there. Yes, okay. Let's talk about it another way. Let's say you own, you've bought a property. Okay, great. What is the equity growth on that property? It'd be very high, right? It would be, let's say, even conservatively at 5%. So if your property was worth 500000 and it grew by 5%, that's $525,000 right there. And you're not paying tax on that 25000 gain that you have. Yet people are so fixated on, oh, I need that extra bit of thousand at work. Oh, I'm trying to squeeze as much as I can. And the problem is we're not focusing on the right problem to solve. The right problem is not trying to make more money at work because that's a dead end. That's what they call the rat race. That's a dead end to try and make more money because there's a maximum ceiling that you can make. Not all of us are going to become CEOs or general managers or anything like that. So let's say you're only going to be mid-level senior professional, something like that. So your salary is going to be like 120, 130. But where are you going to go from there? Even at a salary of 120, 130 after taxes to reach financial independence and all that kind of stuff, you still can't do it purely from your job. That's why we have super. For those that don't know, basically what the superannuation companies do is they take your money and they invest it in stocks to grow it at a certain rate so that when you retire, you have a million dollars or something like that, right? So you can't reach this goal of like, oh, I just want to go on holiday and not worry about money. Well, you can reach it, but you can't do it through a job typically. So the right area to really focus on is don't become a consumer like working at a company and thinking that's going to solve all your problems because it won't. What you need to do is become a producer, someone who invests in the right companies that grows the economy, that creates jobs, buys property, uh, you know, buys investment properties, affordable housing for people, investing in the right thing. The amount of money you can make from that is significantly higher and it will cover the shortfall from whatever you think you're not getting paid enough in your job, right? And then when you start adopting this mindset, even if even before you've done it, you'll actually perform better at work. And here's how it works, right? Let's say you have a number of employees, let's say five of them. And I've had this situation. I've had employees. So you have employees and um, you have enough money for all of them. And you know, the money's coming in and you're solving problems. And you know, day to day new problems come up and you give them to certain people. And the reason you do that instinctually is some everyone's strengths and weaknesses are different. But one thing that is seems to be true no matter where you go, what industry, what group of people, whatever, negative people who always say, oh, well, you can't do it because of this, you can't do it because of that, or it's impossible, or it's too hard, they very rarely make it anywhere. They typically will just stay in the same role, same job, same pay, years and years and years, complain about their job, say, well, you know, like, I'm not getting paid enough or I'm not recognized. It's like, yeah, it's because you got a terrible attitude. On the flip side, you have people who, when you say there's a problem, they get excited. They get happy. They're like, oh, we can try this. We can try that. We can try it. And what happens is as a manager, you're like, man, this, this person's really good. Let me, give him, let me give them another problem. Oh, great. Let's, let me give them another problem. And they're just like solving it, knocking them out. And they're doing it with a smile on their face. They're enjoying themselves. And then another problem happens that's outside of my group. And I'm saying, hey, listen, you know, why don't you get so-and-so to have a look? They're really good. And then 
as you kind of notice already, they get way more opportunities because they have the right attitude. And with the right opportunities, you get more recognition, you get more pay, and then you start to succeed at your work because you're not trying to chase money. And this is the fallacy. People think that, oh, I'm trying to chase security. You can't chase security. It doesn't exist. They think they are. That's why they're like, oh, I really need that full-time contract compared to a contractor. It's an illusion. It's not real because here's the truth. If you're a full-timer, yes, it's harder to get rid of you. But if you're terrible, they will find a way to phase you out somehow. Either they're going to move you to another division or talk to someone to move you to another company or say, oh, well, we've run out of money. They will come up with any excuse to get rid of you if you're terrible. I've seen it happen. Whereas if you're a contractor on a, let's say, a month-by-month contract, but you're amazing, they'll do everything they can to keep you. They'll offer you better roles, better positions. So the right way to chase security is to chase opportunity and solve problems with the right attitude. If you do that over and over and over again... And you do it, you know, with all the other stuff in mind, like things like investing and real estate and sorting all that stuff out for yourself. Don't wait for the company to sort out your financial issues. That's you. You're an adult. That's your job to solve that. That's your job to plan that for your family. And you can make these excuses of like, I'm no good at numbers. I'm no good at math. You know, that's garbage. You know, when it's for your family, for your kids, your partner, for their welfare, you just got to do it. You just got to get up. You got to learn it. You got to figure it out and do it. There's resources like this podcast, but there's heaps of other stuff online too, you know? So don't make excuses. Just be like, well, I'm sure other people aren't good at math that they were able to do it. So how can I do it? Anyways. um, So kind of on that note, kind of going back to Billy, he's now in this vicious cycle. He doesn't get what he wants. So he complains to get more of what he wants. But the very act of doing it means he won't get what he wants. So I asked him, look, you know, you ever thought of just moving to another company? And he's like, no, I love this company. I was like, how could you love this company if you feel like they're treating you like garbage? And this was another thing. He's so comfortable with where he is that he'll make up excuses of like, ah, there's no other opportunities. Are you telling me for an engineer there's no opportunities? Come on. (laughs) There's not a huge amount of engineers that are really, really good. So either he's not very good. Or he's too scared to go out and actually spread his wings and chase the opportunities he thinks he deserves, you know? So it's it's all these kind of elements where I'm like, it just doesn't make sense. He's putting himself through hell for a pay difference of $8,000 a year that you could easily, like anyone could do it. Anyone could do it. Invest in some stocks. In, like buy a property, buy an investment property. Like that's the stuff you should be doing. And when you do it, you'll have so much coming in that you wouldn't worry about it. Just picture this for a moment. Just just picture this. So you're working at your job and everyone else gets paid $10,000 more than you. So everyone's on $110,000, let's just say. And actually, let's say go a bit less. So you're on, we'll use easier numbers. Everyone's on $100,000 and you're on $80,000. So you get paid less. But you have two investment properties. They're both growing at you know 6% a year. Your total equity for the year is growing by, let's say, $60,000, $70,000 a year. That's $60,000, $70,000 tax-free. Tax-free. Having those investment properties also gives you massive tax returns, right? Because now you're a producer. You're creating affordable housing. Your tax return 
maybe before that was maybe a few hundred dollars with two investment property properties, you're probably making back 15K in July at your tax return. So you're making already significantly more than these people who are making $100,000. Do you think you'll really care that much? You're getting paid a little bit less. I don't. And that's just a fact. I don't. That's something that I've never cared about that. Even early days when I wasn't making heaps on the side, I always understood that, that if you fixate too much on the job and what they're trying to pay you, it distracts you from how to do it properly, which is to become an investor, invest in real estate, understand the financial game, understand tax, understand how to manage your finances. If you can do all that stuff, man, companies will no longer have any control over you. They won't have any control because if they make you do something you don't like, you have options. You'll be like, well, why do I have to stay here? I've got heaps of money. I've got heaps of, um, what's it called? Buffer, margin of safety, as we talked about. You know, I have possibly passive income. I don't have to stay here. I don't have to take this. And then you just move on. You can do that too. Or if they don't give you a pay rise that year, you're like, meh. Oh, good, man. I made way more in my investments. So what do I care? So you start focusing on the problems. You start focusing on opportunities. You start, you just enjoy the job. Forget the money. The, the money kind of dissolves to the side and you just focus on the work, right? And I noticed that once you adopt that attitude, you actually start making more money. Surprising. Well, not surprisingly, at first it's surprising. You're like, man, ever since I started doing this, I'm actually making more money. I'm getting better reviews. People are liking me more. They're working with me. You know, we're solving bigger problems, you know? So it's this kind of counterintuitive approach to achieving actual true security. <laughs> it's really hilarious. It's really funny. But I'm glad I ran into him because at least it kind of inspired this episode. And I kind of ranted on there and I didn't really plan this episode very well. I kind of woke up this morning and I was like, I really just want to talk about this because it's just driving me nuts. I don't want people to be like this. It's just not healthy. It is not healthy and it's actually not the right way to go. Anyways, I can talk more on this, but I'll cut it there at this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed another episode of Finance and I'll see you at the next episode. Bye. Thanks for watching another episode of Bruh Finance. If you want to support the work we're doing, you love the things you're hearing from us, consider supporting us through Patreon at patreon.com forward slash brah, B-R-A-H underscore finance. By signing up, you're going to get access to all sorts of things like spreadsheets and articles and video and training and all sorts of content. So again, thank you for watching and have a great day.